on uh, biblical keys uh, to prosperity. Father, I just ask that you speak to us tonight and minister to us by your spirit. Holy Spirit, we, we invite your presence, Lord God. You are the teacher, and we want to be taught by you. We're learners. We want to learn. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the, most, one of the really difficult things among uh, Christians is, 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 is this one problem. We believe that when we've heard it one time, we've got it. <laughs> we, we just, I heard that before. We don't want to go there. The question is not whether you heard it before, but is it working in your life? Is the Spirit working through what you've already heard? I believe that by the time we are through uh, with this message, I believe that God would have shown to you His Word and that it is His will for you to prosper. You have to know that from your heart to be free. We started by talking about Jesus becoming a curse for us. God made him a curse for us because he hung on the the tree so that the blessings of Abraham may come upon us Gentiles. The first key, the most important key you have to believe that. You have to believe that. A lot of Christians, or a few people believe that we're okay. I'm okay. My needs are met. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God and what God wants to do. God is not wanting you to prosper just because of you. He wants your needs met. He wants you to be happy in your home, all of your needs met, but his purpose is for his kingdom. So it's really not about you. It's about the kingdom of God. And if you are really concerned about the kingdom of God, you will pay attention to this subject. You will pay close attention and desire to be used of God, not only to meet your needs, but to meet the needs of the kingdom of God. That's the purpose. But when we're thinking about just us, you just you miss it and you will not really focus and release your faith so that God can minister and bless you through his word. There is a reason for which God sent his son to suffer so much, bearing the curse of, of, on himself on our behalf. That cannot go in vain. Jesus cannot die in vain. He can't be made a curse for us and we still be cursed. There's got to be a purpose to this. And if he's not working in our lives, it's as if Jesus paid the price in vain. And the reason he's not working is because we're not accepting what he says. We are, going, we are leaning on our own understanding. We are depending on our own resources our mental abilities, and supposedly the gifts we are aware of, and we're thinking, this cannot work based on what I have. But God made you and put you on this earth at this time and made you to hear what we're speaking of tonight because He has 
a purpose for your life. And he wants to bless you. You have to believe this for this to work. God wants you blessed. He wants you to receive the blessings of Abraham. That's what the Bible says. The blessings of the blessing of Abraham, God called it the blessing, not blessings. The blessing of Abraham is threefold. Has to do with your spiritual life, has to do with your physical life, and your material life. God wants you to have everything in abundance. He wants you to be settled on earth so that the world can see what he is doing in your life. We're talking we're gonna be talking more about that, so that they can begin to desire him in their lives. Amen. In Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine, it says, For you know the grace of God. And again, we're coming again to the grace of God. The grace of God and the principle. The grace of God is dealing with what Jesus did for us. Jesus in your heart. You know the grace of God, and he's about to talk about substitution. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, so was, that's in the past tense, he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Think about it. Yet for whose sake? For my sake he became poor. And God means what he's saying here. You know the grace of God. It was the grace of God that allowed Jesus to accept poverty on our behalf. That's what he's saying. That was God's grace. He didn't have to bear that. He didn't have to take poverty. He had all things full in abundance, very rich. But it was the grace of God that compelled him to take that poverty on our behalf. And we have to understand that, that if God will take that upon himself, and you read the scripture, that you, that's you, through his poverty, might become rich. Rich. This is scripture. This is not gospel according to good luck. This is, we're reading scriptures right now. And when you accept God's word, you honor God. When you question it and you begin to have doubt, you dishonor him. And he knows he can do business with you. But when you accept it, even though it doesn't make sense to you, but you say, God said it, I'm going to accept that, that's for me. I am going to become rich because God said so. Not because your resources says, says so. But you believe what God has said, and you say, that's for me, and I believe God can push it through. God can make it happen. All things are possible to him who believes, and with God, nothing shall be impossible. It's not impossible for him to make you rich. You know, sometimes Christians say, when God, Christians will say, when God said here, in this word here, that Jesus became poor, that's talking about spiritual poverty. But let me let you know this. Jesus was never spiritually poor. A spiritually poor person cannot raise the dead. A spiritually poor person cannot open the eyes of the blind. A spiritually poor person cannot walk on water. Cannot turn water into wine. So he's not talking about spiritual poverty. He's talking about material poverty. Think about it. He became poor on our behalf. So that us, through his poverty, might become rich. 
Now the word there, rich, is not saying God's going to make every one of us a millionaire. <laughs> it didn't say God will be, so that all of us can become millionaires. No. The word rich there means full supply. Full supply. In every area of life. Full supply, not just money. That's just a part of it. Physically, that's redemption. Amen? He became poor. That means substitution. He took our poverty. That's substitution. He didn't become poor. He took, he, he wasn't poor. He took ours on himself and became poor. So that us, through his poverty, might become rich. Have a full supply. All needs met. Physically, spiritually, materially. With regards to our relationships, all of it, God wants us to be fully supplied. And that's what the scripture is saying here. That's called the blessings of Abraham. Full supply. Abraham was fully supplied. He was spiritually blessed. He could recognize God when he sees him. You remember those three angels that came by? He knew the rest, the other two were angels. He knew the one that was the Lord. Nobody taught him that. He knew that. He was spiritually rich. And if you read in, in Genesis chapter 13, it says the man Abraham was very rich. He had herds, that's businesses. And somewhere there he says he had camels that, and he had uh, donkeys. I mean, in that time, to have a camel, uh, that's Mercedes Benz. That's why he was recorded there. Donkeys, Mercedes Benz. Camels, you're talking about Rolls Royce and all of that. And he had a lot of them. He had servants. That's employees. They're all over the place. To the point where he can gather his employees and go and whip the next village. Kill everybody and carry everything out. That's how rich he was. People were scared of Abraham. <laughs> Amen. People were scared of him. Of Isaac, they, they envied him. And the Bible says they were afraid of him. Why? Because God, through the covenant that God had with Abraham, God had blessed him. That's the blessing of Abraham. So that they fear you. They see what God's doing in your life. And they say, we can't touch that one. You know that song, Can't Touch This? <laughs> it's right. I like that song. I can't dance like the fellow, but I'm telling you, I like the song. Can't touch this, you know. But you can't touch that. Because God wants you abundantly supplied. You see, sometimes we're just talking about this. For me and for you, let's go on this journey. Amen. I, I said in something I'm writing, I said, when once you get born again, you are ushered into a lifetime of discovery. When you get born again, you just start as a baby. But you are ushered into a lifetime of discovery and it's, it's unending. You can't exhaust it. You are never perfect in it. When I was dealing with demons in those days, I thought, man, I've dealt with a lot of them, and now I fully understand. I found out quickly, you can never be an expert when it comes to things of God. You can never, everything, everyone is different. 
And I'm saying, God, where did this come from? You better help me now because I really don't know what to do. But in the, if, if you look at my face, I'm exuding confidence. But inside I'm crying out, God, you better help me because I'm going to make a fool of myself if you don't. You can never be an expert. There's so much to learn. It's a lifetime of discovery. And it's never ending. That's why we need to keep the, the hunger there. The thirst there so that you, we can be filled. You feel you want more. You feel you want more. Because when God fills you, your eyes are open to a new area of discovery. So you're never satisfied. You know, I, was re- I was listening to Kenneth Copeland one time. I'm digressing, right? but this is really important. I was listening to Kenneth Copeland. You know, Kenneth Copeland was a student for, uh, at ORU. And his president was uh, Oral Roberts. And Oral, he flew Oral's plane in those days from one city to the other for ministry. And one time after he graduated, Oral invited him to preach, he said. And after they got, he got through preaching, ministering to the people, Oral said to him, uh, you and the girls, go back to my home and wait, wait for me. I want to talk to you. And he said, oh my God, <laughs> what is going to happen now? That's Oral Robert wants to talk to me. What did I do wrong? <laughs> I'm finished. He said he was really nervous. He got back home and Oral took all of his time ministering, t- talking to people. And finally, he got there and Kenneth was thinking, oh my goodness, what is he going to say to me? Did I say something wrong? And he said, they got in the room. He said, you girls go over there. That's Oral saying. You girls go over there, his wife and everybody. And then he brought him into a little room and locked the door. He sat on the floor and said, where did you get all this stuff you've been teaching? I'm hungry. You've got to teach me everything that you know. Just put them down here today. You've got to teach me. And uh, Kenneth said, what? I can't teach you your president. He says, yes, I'm serious. You've got to teach me where you got all this stuff from. That's hunger. Never satisfied. It's a lifetime of discovery. You can never be satisfied. Once you're satisfied, that's where God will let you stay. But when you have that desire, I want more. God, show me more. I want to know more of you. There's so much to know. There's so much to know. And every time, like the Bible says, from glory to glory. Every time you're learning something and you're wanting more. And when you cease to want more, you're dying. Sick people don't want to eat. Uh, it's the truth. Sick people, you got to force them to eat. Something is going wrong. But you see, God wants to bless you. He removed the curse so that the blessing of the Lord can come upon you. He removed the curse. Remember, he was blessing his people in the Old Testament. They were covenant people. But because of the law and no grace yet, instead of the blessings, they were also getting the curse upon their lives. And God says, that's not my design. That's not what I really want. I need to find a way to remove the curse so that when the people follow, yes, I can pour on them. But what happens is when we get saved, it doesn't take too long. I don't know about you, but they really taught me in the early days how to be poor. I mean, if you're poor, you're, you're really spiritually blessed. That's the way we thought. Oh, yes. The brothers were proud not to have a bed to sleep on. 
And I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm in a new, a new era of my life. I sleep in good bed now. I've got to sleep on the floor to, be, to go to heaven. And I told myself, Is that, if that's what pastor says, I'll sleep on the floor. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. It took, it's taking a long time just to remove those things from your head and believe the Word of God. Look at what the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, verse 9. This is talking about the blessings. What God wants you to have on this, in this world. The blessings. He says, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. Just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Notice, God says, I'm going to establish you. <laughs> I am going to plant you and establish you. You know what it means to be established? You can be moved. Everything is working. It's established. You can't can't move it. God says, I am going to establish you as a holy people unto myself. You know, you you may not be holy, but let me tell you something. When God says a cup is holy, guess what that cup is? It's holy. Mess with it and you pay a serious price for it. God says, I will establish you to myself as a holy people. And what what does God do, do with holy things? He blesses holy things. A holy people to himself. And he swore to do that. He said, then, listen, why? Then all the peoples of the earth. That's what... God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what God wants. He is not just doing it for you. He is wanting them to see what He's doing in your life so that they also would desire Him. That's what, it, that's what this is all about. It's about the gospel of our Lord Jesus. That's why I said, it's not about you. Take your eyes off you, okay? It's not about you. God wants you to have full supply. Like I said, he says to, to, to give to the poor. He didn't say you should be the poor. You are to give to the poor. That's what he's saying. So God wants to establish you because he wants the people, all the peoples of the earth, to see that you are called by his name. Can you get that? You are called by his name. So he will establish you so they can see what he's doing in your life. And they know that you are called by his name because you're different. How? And he says, they shall be what? Afraid of you. Just like they did with Isaac and Abraham. They were afraid. And they lived in the old covenant... And we're living in the new covenant called a better covenant with better promises and a high priest that is God himself. I think I got to find out what's going on. God, please teach me. Pour it into my mind. Open my eyes. I need to see. Open my eyes. What am I missing? I need to see what's going on, God. God. 
being spiritual is not doing this and walking around. He's God at work in your life so that people can see it. It's not, I can't be talking about I pray seven times a day uh, and, and I pray for one hour. So yes, you pray all of that time. What's God doing? What's the prayer about? When God is answering my prayers, then I know they can see it. They know God is at work in my life. That's what I want. When you pray in the closet, you pray to your father in secret. How does he reward you? He rewards you openly. That's scripture. When you fast in secret, it's between you and your father. But how does he reward you? He rewards you openly. When you fast, it's got to be a show for the people of the world to see it. They will know that you are called by his name. And they will be afraid of you. And the Lord, why would they be afraid of you? Look at what he says. And the Lord will grant you plenty of what? Goods. So God's kidding with us just to make us feel good about ourselves. No. God said, I will. Not I may. I will do it. I'm going to do it. I will. If you follow my way, I will make sure I establish you. They will see my hand on you because I've separated you unto myself as a holy people. I will bless you. They will see it and they'll be afraid of you. When they have problems, they come to you. Please pray for us. You know, we know. Amen. They curse you from time to time because they don't like the way you're living. But when they have trouble, they know where to go. Please pray. Amen. He says, and the Lord will grant you. In other words, grant you meaning he's going to make it available if you want it. <laughs> Amen. Grant means you want it, right? You have to want it for God to grant it, right? If you don't want it, he won't grant it. But he says, the Lord will grant you. God's going to make that possible. He will grant you. He says, they will be afraid of you and the Lord will grant you plenty of good in the fruit of the body, whatever you need, in the increase of your livestock. That's one kind of business. And in your produce of the ground, that's another kind of business. Hey, can I hear an amen? <laughs> Sometimes we just, we're reading and, and that's including me. I'm reading this thing and say, wow, if this thing is really true, boy. See, that's where we are. Because we're looking at our own resources. And we're filled with fear. But I'm believing that the Ark Fellowship, I've been saying it since our church began, and nobody's been willing to take that place. I'm looking for five millionaires. And I'm willing to be the first one in America. <laughs> it didn't say, oh, God will make us all millionaires. But it's good to be a million. How many of you will, be, will really have a, a, a great day if somebody walks up to you and gives you $10,000? I'm sure you will call me to tell me. <laughs> the pastor, I'm telling you, today was a good day. Somebody came. But the person had to have the 10000 to give away. But that's the way God wants it. And we have to make room for Him. Amen? By believing. If you can only believe, all things are possible. Jesus said, the only thing you need, that's why I said, you have to believe this. 
Don't look at your resources. Don't even look at man. Don't look at your age or our time. God can do in one year what you've been struggling for 55 years to accomplish. One year, he can make it happen. You know, I said the other time, there was this minister, he was going to sow a seed. He sowed a seed of $1,000 in some ministry that was asking, raising funds. $1,000. That was hard for him to let go. But a few days later, I don't know how long, but he received the check for $100 million for his church. And the minister who, to whom he sold, I guess he called him and told the minister what happened. You know, I sold $1,000 into your ministry and I received $100 million. And the one that was testifying said, the one the money was sold into is me, he said, do you think I was happy? He said, yeah, I was very happy for him, but I was jealous. I want that 100 million I can do a lot for, with it. But that's the way God is. He says he will bless you, grant you plenty of good in the fruit of the body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of, your, of the ground, your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to you, your fathers, to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. How many want to see that? I will... I think I would spend a, a 10 years just watching, just looking at this treasure world and determining which one I want. Amen. He will open, not, not just, he calls, God, he calls it his good treasure. His good treasure. The heavens. So you get, that's back up there. To give the rain to, you, to your land in this season and to bless all the works of your hand, everything you do. This is the God. I mean, we always say this God is a good God. Don't we say that? That's why he's a good God. Everything you touch, he blesses. Are you going to have difficulties? Yes. But most times those difficulties are avenues, they are paths to your destiny that he's already prepared. Because the way to it is narrow. Uh huh. It's a difficult road. And if he lets you go, you will take the broad road and find nothing. So difficulties are to guide you into this narrow path for your destiny. That's what it is. The Lord will open, verse 12, to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in his season. So there's always a season. That's where people miss it. They've, well, I've tried it. It's not working. Well, it may not be the season of harvest yet. He'll give you in his season. There's always... So when you're walking, just remember, I'm doing all of this since I'm sowing. Harvest time is coming. Wait for it. Don't quit. Don't go dig up the grain from the, from the sower before harvest time. Stay with it. He'll give you that rain in his season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations but you shall not borrow. I mean, you like to be that way. That's my desire. No need to borrow. No need to borrow. We really need to believe this. You shall learn to many nations, you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you what? Head and not tail. You see, I see a lot of heads here tonight. And I see no tail. 
In Jesus' name, can I hear an amen? Yes. Your head is forbidden for you to be a tail. You can never be behind, not according to the word of God. It's illegal, amen, for you to be the tail. God wants you. It's God's will. Many times people are looking for God's will. This is God's will. He wants you to be ahead. Think about it. In anything you do, he says he will bless. Every walk of your hand, he will bless. And in whatever you're doing, he wants you to be at the top. With those that are at the top, not at the bottom. And if you are at the bottom, he says, God, what's going on? That's not what I read in the word. What's going on? Where am I missing it? Open my eyes so I can see. And we'll come into that. The opening of the eyes. What it is that we need that will begin to open this thing. But the first thing is you have to believe. Your belief is what ushers you into that lifetime of discovery. So that you can begin to see these things in the word of God. And notice something. When God unveils something to you, you already got it in the natural. You may not see it then. But once he has unveiled it to you, that's what Jesus meant. And you shall know the truth. What he meant by, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make, once you, he unveils it to you, you can wait. And it will come to happen. It will, ha- it will come to pass. It cannot fail. God watches over his word. That's what uh, people, uh, Christians call rema. Once he gives that to you and you stay with it, oh, you, you already have it. It's going to come to pass. You will be head and not tail. You shall be above only. Can you share the word only, please? Only, above, only, there is no coming down. I'm going to be up all the time. That's the way God wants it. That's really generous. Above, always, only, never beneath, never, never. This is God's covenant. Sometimes when we hear, it's like the story of uh, this woman that I, I, I heard about. She's made up her mind that she didn't believe this type of teaching. And pastor had invited somebody to, 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 to church that she thought believed something like this. And she was ready to fight. And the man got up to read the scriptures. And as soon as he started reading the scriptures that she thought that was wrong. She stood up and said, we don't believe any of that stuff you're saying. We don't believe it. And the man said, ma'am, I have said nothing. I'm just, re- I'm just reading the scripture. She said, I don't care. We just don't believe that in this church. <laughs> Did you get that? She didn't care whether it was coming from the scripture. She had her mind made up. She didn't believe in that. Whatever is coming from God, no way I'm not accepting it. And that's what's killing us. That's what's killing us. Because we have our preformed ideas and we have our rules that we have prepared in our hearts and those rules are so tiny and God cannot walk through them. They're so little. That's what people mean when they say, your God is too small. And in Isaiah 54, God says, stretch out your tent because I'm ready to bless you. God says it will bless you if you heed the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. 
Do we have to keep any commandments for this to happen? Do we? I submit to you that we have to. We have to. We have to. And the commandment we have is, is, so, is so simple. Romans chapter 13, verse 8 and 9. It says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another. That's the commandment. Don't be in debt. You only have one debt to pay. Love. 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 For he who loves another has fulfilled the commandments, the law. If you love, if you make sure you got no enemies, they make you their enemy, doesn't mean you have to accept that. You recognize they are your enemies, but you don't have enemies. <laughs> like I said on Sunday, Jesus wasn't eating with the Pharisees. And they said, you see, he wasn't eating with them. But he loved them. And he died for them. But they were on the other side, so he left them alone. He only went where he was celebrated. He stayed with those people. And they loved him, he loved them in return, and saved them. So, love one another, especially among Christians. Among Christians. Love one another. It says, For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments... Which God says, if you keep these commandments, then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. It says, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, uh, all summed up in this, notice the word, saying. They are all summed up in what? Not a commandment in a saying. Just that one saying. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the commandment. For the New Testament saying, that's all. And God doesn't call it a commandment. He calls it a saying. Now if you read in uh, Matthew chapter 7, I believe from verse 24, Jesus said, everyone who hears the saints of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So it's a question of sin. You take your sin and you start acting on it. And as long as you're doing it, as long as you have it at heart, you know, man looks at the outward. God looks at the intents of the heart. As long as you're ready to do it and your heart is doing it, God says it's done. And once it's done in your heart, I'm going to obey God. I'm not going to have enemies. I'm not going to have unforgiveness. I'm going to follow God. If you're doing that, then God says, I will establish you. Amen? I will establish you as a holy people, a holy person unto myself. And I will bless you. Bless every work of your hand. I will make them to see what I'm doing in your life and they will be afraid of you. Just like they were afraid of Isaac. And all we have to do is love. That's all. Just love. Love people. That's the fulfillment of the commandment. You can't say it's difficult to love. You can't get along with everybody else, but you can love them. That's just the truth. 
So what God wants for us is abundant supply. Abundant supply. All needs met. That's what God wants. And you heard me say this here. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Fear will attract all the want into our lives. Once you realize I don't have anything to prove, all I have in this world is my God. And I believe he's not going to fail me. So situations will come to make you fear. And sometimes it can even come from friends. How many remember Job's friends? (laughs) Some kind of friends. They really wanted him to get it. They were beating him down. This guy kept fighting back. He wouldn't accept what they were saying. Philippians 4 verse 19 says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Not when Jesus came here, he became poor. Amen. For our sake. But he will supply all of your needs. And the reference to this supply that you're going to get is according to the riches in glory. (laughs) It's one thing for you to get blessed by a man, (laughs) but it's another thing if Bill Gates wants to bless you. Think about it. If a man is going to bless you and he's a millionaire, that's one thing. He decides to bless you according to his millions. That's one blessing, right? But it's another blessing if the guy who is going to bless you, he's blessing you according to his billions. There's going to be a difference in the amount of blessings you receive, right? And God's saying he's going to meet all your needs according to what? His riches. Not here. In glory. And he's doing it through Jesus Christ. Why through Jesus because he was the one that took the curse away. He's the one that took the curse away so you can be blessed. He took that curse away. Notice what the scripture didn't say. That God will meet, will supply half of your needs. Is that what it says? He's going to meet all of your needs. Both emotional needs, your physical needs, that includes all, right? All. We have emotional needs. We have physical needs. We have relational needs. All of them. But included in this is our material need. And our financial need. God is not going to meet half of your needs. God is saying he will meet all of your needs. That includes money. It's hard to feel all of your needs met when you can't pay your bills. It's really hard. Please understand, let's not act like everything is well. When, when they are threatening to take your car, which means you can't go to work, it's hard to say hallelujah when you come to church on Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It's really hard. While they are singing praises, your mind is in your, you're thinking about your car. 
And sometimes you're wondering if they know you're in church so they won't come and get your car before you get out of like <laughs> It's pretty rough. God wants to meet all of our needs. I really believe that with all of my heart. And you got to settle. The Bible says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. As far as God is concerned, that's taken care of. That's taken care of. All of your needs are met. When difficulties come and want and needs come, the Lord is your shepherd. You cannot be in want. He will take care of your needs. But you need to believe that. You need to trust that God will take care of your needs. When you believe that, you honor Him. And He'll never fail you. That's why the Bible says, His eyes run to and fro in all of the earth. He wants to show Himself strong on your behalf. So when you believe Him, He's right there. And He's never too late. Most of the time, He doesn't come real early. It comes when, you are, when you've gotten to the place where you are saying, Oh, God! That's when He shows up. And then you go, Glory! Okay? That's the way God is. He loves us so dearly. He wants to take care of all of our needs. He wants to meet every need. You have today to divorce your mind from poverty. Poverty is not a blessing. Not to have is not a blessing. It's just, we, Angela and I have been there. It's not fun at all. When all you can afford is noodles. That's not fun. I hate cutting hot dogs, you know, to put in noodles so my kids can have uh, a little protein. Well, now the kids thought that was real good food. No, we knew better. We knew better. It's not fun to go to a restaurant and the guy has a good steak on his plate and all I can afford is hamburger. <laughs> it's not fun. This is just real life. That's why I was saying the other time, many times the word supernatural Many times we have too much super and we don't have any natural. And so we're not able to put the two together to have super natural. We have to have natural. Be real to yourself. I mean, when you sit down and you can afford the bill, and then when they give you the bill and you look at it and say, Oh my God, (laughs) I didn't know it was going to be this high. That's painful. To be calculating constantly is painful. It's really painful. I just don't want to live that way. You just want to be able to do something when you can. The most most difficult times I have with things like this is when there is a need, when the church has a need or there is a need that I know and I really can't do much. It's very painful. It's really painful. Because I know you guys, amen? Good people. You want to do something. But God ordained you unto good works and helping us good works. And you have to have the means to do good works. God will not deny you the the means to do good works when he ordained you to do what?
good works. He's got to supply you the means to do good works. That's the way I see it. So we got to find out from the Word of God how to get there. You know, there's a scripture in, in Matthew chapter 13 where Jesus said that Isaiah wrote, the eyes are closed, their ears, they can't really hear, they don't understand, they harden their hearts. It says, lest they hear with their ears, see with their eyes, understand with their heart, and turn. And God, Jesus said, and I shall heal them. In other words, once you understand, you got the principle, then you know how to position yourself. And God has got to bless you. It doesn't matter whether you're skinny, tall, or whatever. If you got yourself in position, the blessings come upon you. It's called showers of blessing. They come upon you. So all I have to do with the word is, God, show me how to position myself. I'm going to close with this tonight because it's really important. And I'm probably come back again to it. The greatest key, and we'll come into other things, the greatest key is wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to be able to discern the distinction, the difference. Solomon was not born with that uncommon wisdom that he had. He wasn't born with it. Think about it. Solomon wasn't born with that wisdom. Solomon wasn't born with it. Solomon even told God, God, see, I'm not that smart. I can do this. You've got to help me. That's what he told God. I, I don't have it. So Solomon was not born with the wisdom he had. The wisdom that was given to Solomon, or this wisdom that Solomon had, was given to him from above. It wasn't a natural wisdom. This was supernatural wisdom. Supernatural wisdom. The ability to discern distinctions or to discern the difference. And that's what he did. Do you remember the story of the, the uh, two women with the children? He knew what to do to find out the difference. He knew what to do. That was wisdom. He knew exactly what experiment to perform to determine who was the true mother of that child. Nobody knew what he was doing. He had it all, all there. But, but notice, again, you need to understand, he wasn't born with that wisdom. It was given to him after he was born. After he started following God, that wisdom was given to him. And he was able to use that wisdom to know the distinction, to know the difference. And to know what to do to determine who was the real the distinction, the real mother of that child. After he did it, his, the fame of him went all over the place. It was wisdom, the ability to discern the difference, that's what brought him wealth. Amen. That's what brought him wealth. He knew exactly what to do. The people who are wealthy, they know exactly what to do. God gave Solomon what to do. And because of that 
ability to discern the difference. People were coming from everywhere just to listen to him. And guess what they were bringing to him? They were visiting him with a lot of wealth. Because God gave him wisdom. So what? That's why the Bible says, wisdom is what? The principal thing. He says, get wisdom. And in all, with all you're getting, get understanding. Where, what was the wisdom? What was the nature of the wisdom that was in Solomon? What wisdom was that? It was supernatural wisdom. That was Jesus in his life. There's no other way to explain it. That was Jesus in his life, right? He was given to him. It was supernatural wisdom. It was given to him. Guess who's living inside of you? The same wisdom Solomon had. The same. No difference. He was of the Old Testament. We are of the New. My people perish for lack of knowledge. They just don't realize what's in them. But if you exercise yourself, like Paul said, in this, God will begin to reveal, begin to unveil what to do, how to position yourself so that the blessings of God can come into your life. Next Wednesday, I will be talking about the power to get wealth. Amen? I'll be talking about the power to get wealth. And then I will also go into the fact that God has guaranteed abundant supply. From the scriptures, God has guaranteed it. Um, I believe that the word says, Mark chapter 16, verse 20, the Lord walked with them as they went, confirming the words with what? Signs following. As we begin to speak this into your life, and as you accept these things, God will begin to pass the sea, the Red Sea, and make a way in the wilderness for you, through the Jordan to your promised land. Can I hear an amen? As you hear the word, and as you believe the word, you are clean because of the words that I have spoken to you. The word will make a way for you. Like I said, God governs his universe with what? His mouth. His words. And if you take the same words, the Lord is my shepherd, and begin to say it every day, I shall not want. God will make a way through the sea for you to get to your destiny. And your needs will be supplied. When difficulties come, you know God is taking you to some other direction. Let me leave this with you. I have a lot in my mind I want to share. But do you, have you recognized, and we'll come into this later, the birds that Jesus talked about that he feeds? He said you are more valuable than this. Have you seen birds? They are in one place, and they have abundant supply, and it dries up. Guess what they do? They migrate to another abundance that God has prepared for them. Amen? 
And when it dries up there, God has already prepared another abundance somewhere and he's given them the ability to locate. You got that ability in you tonight. Amen? You got that with you. Stand up with me tonight. God's going to bless you. Can I hear an amen? amen? And the blessings will come upon you, knock you over, and you'll never recover. Can I say in Jesus' name? Can I hear an amen? amen. Let that blessing knock you over, and you can help yourself. You try to stand up, and he knocks you back down. So much blessing, you don't even know what to do with yourself. You're asking like this, man, God, is everything okay? Why am I being so blessed so much? Am I to expect some trouble? God says, no, it's just time for your harvest. Harvest time has come. Amen? Harvest time has come. Harvest time has come. And I believe by the grace of God, your harvest is very near. Amen? Your great harvest is near. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight and tell him that you accept what he has to say from his word. That's honoring him. And mean it from your heart. And say to yourself, I'm not afraid anymore. I believe, God, you will make a way for me through the wilderness. You will make a way for me through the sea. You will, you will divide the Jordan so that I can enter into my promised land. I know I may have to fight, but the fight you've already done, you've already fought for me. We're just going to go in and do the cleanup and take this poor in the name of Jesus. Because we are fighting a good fight. It's the fight of faith, and it's a good fight of faith because Jesus already won for us. He fought the battle. He defeated the enemy, and we got no enemy. All we're doing is clean up job. Clean up so that we can meet the needs of our children, our family, our church, our relatives, and the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world. Open your heart so that God can bless you. Don't be too selfish. Not me, mine, and my family, and I alone. No, for the whole world to be, met, to be blessed. Amen. Father God, in Jesus' name, I bless your people tonight in your name. I speak abundance upon their lives in Jesus' name. Everyone that's heard my word tonight, whatever it is that's standing in the way of their abundance, I come against it in the name of Jesus. You spirits of opposition, I come against you with the blood of Jesus. Get out of the way. The people of God are coming and they are marching into their promised land and you cannot stop them. Thank you, Father. We give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.